0: I'm never one to judge anybody about decisions that they made. I made enough bad decisions for 150 of us. You know, myself, be clear. And I don't want anybody judging me. And I'm going to judge anybody. I love everybody.
1: Did you know 90% of women prior to incarceration has suffered from sexual and emotional trauma? And 70% of incarcerated women are mothers? The majority of the women returning home will not be able to retain employment with family sustainable income. Fit to Navigate provides hope and well-being. Learn more at fittonavigate.com. What's up? It's Rocky, and we'd like to welcome back all our mind-body tumors. We recognize it's been a while and we're super excited to bring about our season three. Season three, we're going to talk about the community and how it affects women that have been formerly incarcerated or who are now out and trying to get back on their feet. We're excited to have some great guests this season, and we look forward to spreading more and telling the story of how people overcome. You know, the whole thing is you get your mind right, your body you follow, and you become that gem that you are designed and destined to be. No more of this attention, destiny, disorder. We are well on our way, and looking forward to our season three. Yeah. Need a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. Yeah. Need a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. Yeah. All right. All right. So. I'd like to, again, thank you for taking the time out, Pastor Julius, to do this. I literally found you in the in our backyard. <laughs> you were doing the services outside in the parks. And I live right here by Mamie Moore Park. And we happened to be walking. And there you were. And we stopped. And um, we haven't stopped coming since. <laughs> I know. So it's been quite the journey coming to the services, I mean, you managing the pandemic and still making sure your ministry is heard. And what I really loved about it was the fact that you didn't let brick and mortar stop you from getting the message out. And I had literally, maybe two weeks before that, during the quarantine, we had started doing like a prayer group over Zoom with our family. Mm -hmm. And our background my background growing up was christian and pentecostal so imagine that <laughs> and, and um they were talking about like you know there were some family members on there who were saying that they wanted the churches back open because they couldn't get the ministry out and i really that just didn't sit right in my spirit because i love what you say i am church i am church 614 I think you said this a couple of weeks ago. That's why you named it that, because church is not just a brick and mortar. So you have the ministry and you're also an entrepreneur. So, you know, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey and, you know, why you do things the way you do? Man, you guys got a few days. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: it's been a long time really coming Because, you know, my life, I'm pretty transparent, so my life hasn't always been, you know, about trying to do ministry and preach the gospel of of Jesus Christ. I was raised Pentecostal my whole life and probably similar to a lot of people. I just I really just strayed away, you know, and I've come to learn some things about the way I was raised in church that it might not have necessarily been. God's preferred method, but I feel like they were doing the absolute best that they could. Okay. But I kind of went away and, you know, I went to college and I played um, college football and just kind of got caught up into street life and, and you know, selling drugs and all of that stuff. And, and that kind of like apprehended me for a substantial amount of my life, probably about a solid 10 years or so. I was kind of caught up in that lifestyle, went to prison a few times, not once, not twice, but three times just because I, I was selling drugs and getting caught and being ridiculous. And i never forget a young man ministered to me. This was the last time I went to prison. This was in the, sitting in a holding cell in 2006. And he just started ministering to me about Christ. And I knew because I was raised in church. And so although everything they did might not have necessarily been right, there were some things that was absolutely correct. And it just kind of like was resonating with me as he was ministering to me about Christ. And I gave my life to the Lord then. And I went on to serve four years in prison after that. Um, because I was getting ready to get sentenced. Didn't know it was gonna be that long, but it was. And I was in Marion Correctional Institution and just doing the best that I could to to walk with God. Man, just one thing led to another and, you know, a lot of guys they go in and out and it's just a something to pass the time, you know. Just right. you know, let me just do this while I'm here and then you know sooner they leave they toss their Bible in the trash and, start back doing what they've been doing the whole time. But it was something different for me. But I kind of felt like during those four years that I was there that that God was going to do something special in my life. I didn't really know what. I kind of believed that potentially it was to plant a church, but kind of really wrestled with that whole piece because I was in prison and it just kind of felt like an oxymoron to how I, I felt like who would want to listen to what I have to say, but so I got out in 2010, and I was living at the YMCA downtown on East Long Street. I didn't have anything, no money, no job, nothing, nothing. And I got a job making seven dollars and seventy cents an hour. I met my wife in Sunday school, and you know we started dating not long afterwards. We ended up getting married. You know, I was serving at a local ministry here and the Lord just kind of like entrepreneurship was in my blood, clearly, because I was selling drugs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
0: You know, but the the business kind of like fell in my lap in 2014. And so, you know, we, we took it and God's hand was really just upon it and he began to bless like crazy You know, one thing led to another and the business got to where it is now. And I always felt like I was supposed to plant a church. And so, you know, I had conversations with my then pastor and, you know, we talked about it and we planted I Am Church in 2018. So it's been a little over two years. And just to see what God has been able to do in these past two years has been nothing short, really, in my opinion, of phenomenal. Just to see people really literally come to life and feel good about themselves and hear the gospel and, you know, just make their own decisions because we haven't been called to change people. We've been called to love people and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and allow God to do the changing. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we've been seeing happen and it's just been, it's been great and business has been going really good and, got a beautiful family, three children, lovely wife, and I don't have a whole lot of complaints in this season of my life. That's for sure.
1: That is awesome. That is truly, truly awesome. Because I've given you a little background about what our podcast is about, you know, cultivating the mind, the body will follow, and you'll turn into that gym that you were destined to be. Yes. And this all came out of us doing our my, well, we have a thing where we, a social enterprise called Fit to Navigate, and we started going in and teaching women about personal training and how to, you know, social well-being and all those things. And as I listened to you, you said you went in and out. It was basically like three times. And part of it is the recidivizing, right? Going, not getting what you need when you go in. You come out with that same mindset, right? And it was something the last, like you said it was your last four years that right before you got out that your mind changed and your spirit changed and it, you knew then that you weren't going to go back in. Right. Right. So, I mean, would it, would it be safe to say that it was something that just not, I mean, just sizzled in your spirit, but also just like this mind change where you just made up your mind that you just weren't going to do that anymore.
0: At the end of the day, it's going to be a decision You know what I mean? At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. you have influencers, you know, different things that could kind of help, I guess, lean you in a direction of the right thing to do and and all of that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's going to take an individual making it up in their mind that things are going to be different moving forward. There's really no no way around it. It's almost like, you know, you guys do fit to navigate. You, You work out. I love it the reality is, is at the end of the day, you can't get around working out if you plan for, you know, your muscles to change and take different form and different shape and all of that. Like, you're not going to be able to get around putting some resistance on your muscles in order for them to grow. Right. And it's kind of like the same thing when it comes to changing your life. Like, you're not going to get around actually making the decision to do things different and then doing them different. Like, that's what it takes at the end of the day like you're not going to get around losing weight without watching what you eat and it's it's just kind of like that same thing
1: right i would like to hang our hat on the fact that we've had 12 women come out and we've had 0% recidivism nice. and you know part of that is the mind change and then you know the body is changing it but most importantly they see themselves differently right yeah and i think we preached about that yesterday with the labels, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to rid yourself of the labels. So when you came out and you said you ended up downtown, you didn't have really any resources at that point in time. And then you met your wife in the support system. So that's like a blessing because what I hear often is that these people have to go back. You have to go back to the, and from which you came. And that may not be a support system. It may be the thing that you know, that got you there just to take you back, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that blessing, that's a blessing. Like you get out, you have nothing and you meet your wife and everything just falls into place from that. Can you tell us a little bit about your your business, your, you know, being an entrepreneur and obviously you had the skill set already, but just to make it, you know, legit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, you know, it was commercial cleaning and yeah I never in my wildest dreams had any aspirations of owning a commercial cleaning business ever in my life had I even thought about it, never even an inkling and the opportunity was there, and so we started with two people you know just managed contracts um the best we could, and grew our team, obviously start putting in bids for other work and winning contracts and things along those lines and you know, one thing led to another. We were at one particular point in time in three different states with a total of close to 70 employees. Wow. And it was just crazy. So, but when we started, you know, on this journey to launch the church, we started downsizing. Okay. Because, you know, it's just a lot, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Cleaning never stops. Like, especially when you're cleaning retail stores. Like, It's just, it's a bear. And so-
1: Especially now in the pandemic.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, we kind of started to downsize, but, you know, business has been been great. It's one of those things that for me, it kind of comes naturally. I just have an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. For me, when I don't know something, the desire to find it out from an entrepreneurial perspective is fun for me. You know, like other people, that's just like, it's a task. It's a duty. But for me, like it's it's a passion. It's fun, and so you know I enjoy it. I always tell my wife I never ever vacation. Mm-hmm. I just do entrepreneurial duties from a different geographical location. I love it. So I'm I'm always thinking what could I do, and you know sometimes I have to shut that off. But just just to, You know, the plight of an entrepreneur. And so, business is always fun for me, especially realizing and understanding the importance of entrepreneurship in the black community. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's become kind of like a new baby of mine and a new passion of mine is just trying to figure out ways to um, empower and uplift our community and how to get our dollar circulating amongst black businesses for longer than six minutes. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of the where where I'm at. Like that's it, the study I'm, of that
1: powernomics.
0: Love that book. Have you read it?
1: I'm on it right now. I'm in the third chapter and just really following Dr. Claude Anderson and some videos with uh, the Black Business School. So I'm really super excited about that as well. I yeah. mean, like you said, for the dollar to be able to last in our community more than six minutes. Yeah. I always thought, as a person, I feel like we're in life. We're all entrepreneurs of our own life, because being an entrepreneur means you have to take care of your business, right? Or otherwise, your business will fail. You have to, you know, be attentive to that. And it's the same way sometimes in life. Like I feel like the entrepreneurship is to take care of our business. That means whether you're on the phone with Columbia Gas for two hours, I mean, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. you have to handle your business. You have to be a good steward over the things that you have. That's right. And what I love that you have preached on is bringing up the pivot, right? To mm-hmm. being able to see outside of the box. I know for me, the things was, you know, you go to church, you get your education, you get a degree. However, for me, I personally was and I think you preached on this too, which I really love, I was considered the other. Mm. Although I went to church and did those things, I was considered the other because I'm part of the LGBT community, right? Mm-mm. And so just to be fully transparent, even in coming and attending, you know, church at your church, there was a fear based there on how I would be looked at or how I would be judged. Sure. And I I remember the second time we came You were at the Franklin Park. It was one of your security details and I knew her. And I just went up to her afterwards because, again, you had filled my spirit and it felt so great. And I'm like, at what time is the hammer going to come down? So I go over to her and I ask her, you know, are you a member here? Yes, she says. And she's been there for a year. And, you know, we've been attending ever since and became members through the app, which I love. Sure, I love how you are doing things differently just really thinking outside the box because we grow up, we grew up with this learned behavior, you know, college and, you know, marriage. I mean, just the the house and the the picket fence. Right. Mm -hmm. So just watching you do things is saying, yo, like he is really out of the box because Mm -hmm. you can get that institutionalized thinking by education. I mean, I'm not saying that education is not important, But what you just said was you love learning the entrepreneurial, it's your passion, right? Mm. Where other people would think it's a task, you're living life. Like work and play sounds like it mixes very closely for you, Mm. which is important because then it's just life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I wanted to go back like a little bit, just the topic of othering. Like when you talked about that, how is it that just being... Who I am, and then just having an acceptance of who other people are. Yeah. In the othering type of situation.
0: My thoughts and perspectives when it comes to the others. So there's a scripture that says, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. This is what Jesus was saying. And one of the things that I've realized is, is that. Over the years, I feel like religion has, and I don't want to use this term because to be clear, like I do love church. I don't love everything that has happened over the years through religion.-, mm-hmm. but I do believe that the institution of church was given to us by Jesus Christ, right? so right, but I think over time, religion has crept into church. And I think it has hurt a lot of people over the years Mm. in a lot of different sectors and things. And I think people have been in a lot of bondage Mm. over the years as a direct result of religion. And so I believe in giving people the love of Christ, Mm. the gospel of Jesus Christ, and allowing God and the Holy Spirit to deal with people. The way that, you know, he sees fit.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and, you know, at the end of the day, I remember my dad came to see me when I went to prison. hmm He was hurt. He said, you're making some choices that I don't agree with and that I wouldn't make. He was like, but I love you. Wow. And he was like, so I'm going to be here to support you. Because I love you, and I think one of the one of the major hurdles I think to overcome, um, and and then just speaking specifically to your situation, being in the LGBT community, I'm never one to judge anybody about decisions that they made. I made enough bad decisions for 150 of us. You know myself, be clear, and I don't want anybody judging me. And I'm gonna judge anybody. I love everybody. We have different preferences, right? That we prefer. Some people like coffee with cream. Other people like it straight black. As is what it is. I don't have a heaven. I don't have a hell to put anyone into. You know what I mean? I don't have any of that. All I know how to do is just love people. And if loving people is wrong. I think I heard the one song said then I don't want to be right, like at the end of the day, and so you know I understand that people have their own preferences i'm okay with preferences. I love Christ, and I accept people for who they are and where they are, and we'll build relationship from there and I never want anyone to feel ostracized or indifferent for coming to church church is is a place for everybody. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, whoever doesn't believe that way, I think they probably need to really like research the scriptures a little better Mm -hmm. and and understand the love of God a little better. But I believe the church is a place for everybody to be. So, you know, that's my perspective just on that whole piece. And I'm tremendously glad that you feel like that's a place where you can be comfortable and not be judged because I know you deal with it a lot in just everyday life you know just trying to navigate through life and the last place where you want that to take place at is is in the house of the Lord
1: that really you just really just filled my cup and just really confirm that we're in the right place and uh, we'll continue to be members and be of service to God, but also to our church as well. So thank you so much. Amen. Absolutely. So much. Um, And I'm not going to hold too much of your time, but I just, I have to just say, I just love you and the first Lady. like (laughs) the fact, and I mean, I'm sure I'm in line with other fans, but I just really love the support of one another. Right. I mean, I'm not saying families don't have their, their things, but to see that in public, you know, and to see that you're constantly supporting and affirming and nurturing the relationships is it's beautiful. Because one thing that I know from speaking to um, the ladies in our group is just like having that support. Yeah. And Pastor, you know, uh, just be one hundred. It's probably half of my women are in there because they was ride or dies, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you ride and dying in the right direction, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's amazing. You know, I've heard you say that. You know your your mother and your father were together. It's just like what? And I mean, my mother and father was not together either. So what in you? at this time in your life, after you'd been balled out of control and all these kinds of things, gave put in you that she was like, you know what? I'm going to be the example. I'm going to break the generational curse. I'm going to do these things and protect the Black woman.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a tremendous question. You know, I had seen so much damage and self destruction in the black community growing up that I had gotten numb to it Mm. and it it became normal. uh, Destruction in the black community, unfortunately, has gotten normalized over the years. And when I gave my life to Christ and, you know, like I started really like allowing the Holy Spirit to really minister to me I started seeing so much stuff from a different lens. And one of those lenses is, you know, just the Black woman Mm -hmm. in our society. The Black woman in our society is so undervalued and I think so underappreciated that it's it's cr- is crazy. I think is the word that's probably best.
1: It really is to, to be the soul of the nation and keep saving the nation, but still be the last on the list.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. To be the one where the first person came out of was a black woman. Let's be clear, right? Um, I think, and so you know, just just to be able to empower you know the black woman, I think is tremendous, and my wife in particular. Just to be able to to really like see her start flourishing and walking in purpose because I mean she's a tremendous lady, and you know the to see her be able to really like discover what God has for her to do and to be able to implement it into her life is just amazing and i my desire is to see a lot of women really like walk in that. Walk in who God created them to be, feel good about it, and hold their heads up and understand and realize just how valuable they are. The Bible says that their price is far above rubies. It says this is what the woman far above rubies. And so I did a study one time on rubies because that just really pricked my interest. And I started studying what was the value of the ruby. And then I then I took and I got I took the average height and weight of a woman, mm-hmm. and I found out you know how much money that would be that, those pounds would be in one of the most prestigious rubies, and the Bible says that a woman's worth is far above that, mm. like it's it's immeasurable, and so you know just to really think about that and put it in perspective. Black women are dope.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. 100, Pastor. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, I want to again thank you for being on the podcast and agreeing to doing this. I know that you are pulled in several different ways and give you this opportunity to promote and how people can follow you and I Am Church and things like that. One of the beautiful things I love is that you have all these different interests within the I am Church, the I am single mother. So I'll let you explain a little bit bit more about that. We even have the I am entrepreneur group. So, sure, can you just give us a little bit more detail about what you're doing and how we can help and how people can support and how they can follow?
0: Absolutely. So because of the pandemic, we had to make a pivot, and so we introduced. Our I am Fams, which are our online only small groups, and the connection point is interest, but the focal point is Christ. And so we've got a lot of different interests that of of groups. So you can do, you know, single women. Um, you can do single moms. You can do wives and marriage. You can do husbands and fathers. Um, you can do entrepreneurial women. You can do young professional men. You can do entrepreneurial men. Whichever interest you have you have an opportunity to connect with some people that are like-minded um and you guys have the same interest and and but the focal point is Christ and so mm-hmm. you know we connect on that level to kind of find out what is is Christ saying to you know that particular group or whatever what we found is is that spiritual growth is nurtured best in smaller settings and mm-hmm. so um you know like on a Sunday morning However good the word may be, or the praise and worship, or all of that stuff, and all of those things are important, but you don't really have that intimacy that you have when it's a smaller group and you can't really ask questions and get feedback and and all of that. And I think all of those things have the opportunity to happen in our online only small groups, our I Am Fam. So if you're listening, you can get connected with one of those. You can go to our website, which is Iamchurch.info. You can download our app, which is I Am Church 614, and you can get connected with an I Am fam there. Um, You can kind of tour the website, get an idea of of who we are and what are some of our beliefs and things along those lines. And we're always looking to connect with people. Obviously, we know that church attendance has been down. We did open the building back up um, about three weeks ago. But, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and so people are taking the necessary precautions that they feel they need to take. As a ministry, we decided to open because at some point we believe that the church does need to move forward. But, you know, we do gather responsibly, so we've got hand sanitizer, we check your temperature, you bring your own chair, all of that stuff inside of the building to kind of make it as safe as possible. So we are holding services there. Um, On Sunday mornings at 11 a.m., the address is 130 Woodland Avenue, Columbus, Ohio, 43203. And we'd love to see you there if if your comfort level is there. If it's not there, then you can check us out online at 11 a.m. as well um, on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook is I Am Church 614. YouTube is I Am Church 614. And the last thing we have going on is what's called... Um, our end of the year big give we started doing this last year, and what we do is we give people an opportunity to sow a sacrificial offering into the ministry um at the end of the year and and I believe that it's almost like a seed that you're planting um for later. I don't know exactly when God is gonna i guess reimburse as the word I like to use because the <laughs> seed that was sown. But I do believe the scripture that says, whatsoever a man or a woman sows, that shall they also reap. And so I don't know how or how God is going to do it in your life, but I do believe that you will be blessed by helping you know, to further the ministry. And so we give people that opportunity. And with the year that we've had in 2020, I can't think of a better time than to sow a seed and to expect a harvest. So we want to give you guys that opportunity. You can... Find out about that on our website as well, which is imchurch six, uh, imchurch.info. And also, um, when you go there, you have an opportunity to click the link, and it's a commitment card. So last year, we were able to pass out actual physical commitment cards, and people are making commitments all over the place. And what they would do is they would say, hey, I'm committing to $1,000, and I'm going to pay it in installments over the course of the next year or whatever the case may be, You know, however a person's financial situation is. But we can't give it to you physically this year because of the pandemic. But you can, you know, fill out your commitment card online digitally and we'll be able to get it and, and things along those lines. So I'm expecting God to do some amazing things. I've been saying this. I'm believing God to touch somebody's heart to, to sow a million dollars into the ministry.
1: There we go. There we go. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. it the way that God is, has ordained for us to do it. We got a big vision. Mm-hmm. And going to take everybody on board. We realize that we cannot do it alone. And it's going to take a collective effort. I call it a collective bargaining agreement. One of my friends asked me, they was like, man, it was like, we were talking about church. And I was like, man, I ain't seen you come to church in a year. He's like, man, that's, and he, he was saying, he said, that's your baby, man. Church is your baby. That's your business. I said, no. I said, my business is will be done multi-services. I said, the church is God's business. And and we all have a responsibility to see it move forward if you're a believer. And he was like, Man, you know, I never really looked at it like that. I was like, Yeah, I know, probably didn't, but like, this is God's business. I just so happen to be the one that's leading the charge.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know what I mean? But this is. Yeah, 100. So, you know, we're excited about it. I thank you for having me here. Um, I love this podcast, love what you guys are doing. I applaud you for being bold enough to. Come into what um, a lot of people would consider a hostile environment, right? Yeah. Because you're in the LGBTQ community, so I know you know like the thought process around that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so man, I applaud you for coming and and giving us a chance to love you, and you. and I appreciate it.
1: Yes, thank you, Pastor, and I'll take all that love and I'll give it right back.
0: There we go. Um,
1: one more thing, because. I want you to get this opportunity to plug all things. As an entrepreneur, I have a physical space, but I also have friends and associates who have physical spaces. And you just posted something about a cleaner that you have for sale. Where can people go to get that cleaning product?
0: Yes, you can go to our website um, for our business. Our website is... Will be done dot com. And so the way you spell will be done is W I L, just one L W I L B as in Boy, mm-hmm. D as in David, O N E. Okay. So will be done dot com and you can I think you tap wherever it says something about COVID nineteen or whatever, and there should be a link there that you can access and, and you'll be able to get all of the pricing of the products and stuff and you can purchase it right there
1: sweet sweet again thank you so much i hope i didn't burn you up too bad because i really want you to be a reoccurring guest on our show so
0: (laughs) i appreciate that absolutely thank you thank you again for having me
1: thank you for taking the time out of your day to tune in to mind body gym a conversational podcast this podcast was designed with the mission to fund women's freedom via fitness Special shout out to our strong supporters, especially the Love You Give Project. Check out their merch. It helps us support our podcast and our feature organization, Fit to Navigate. If you're interested in hearing more about our mission, follow us on IG at Fit to Navigate. Thank you for the fam that we have that has supported us. Eric Jefferson for the artwork. His wife, my sister songstress, Renee Dion, and her tunes, Wilderness. And Natalie McCrae cross the photographer, for our album cover. We really appreciate all the support and all the strength that we get from you. Remember, until next time, forward is always the pace. Did you know 90% of women prior to incarceration has suffered from sexual and emotional trauma? And 70% of incarcerated women are mothers? The majority of the women returning home will not be able to retain employment with family sustainable income. Fit to Navigate provides hope and well-being. Learn more at fittonavigate.com.